Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Brad Henry, founder and CEO of EduTechnologic, a company that specializes in augmented reality, cognitive services, and wearable solutions for industry. Brad works to integrate advanced technologies for training, on-the-job support, and usability. Brad has more than 25 years' experience in educational technologies and e-learning environments. Prior to founding EduTechnologic, he was Director of Learning Technology at the Ohio Department of Higher Education eStudent Services, where he also served as an educational instructional designer and a software engineer. After receiving his bachelor's degree in education, adult, and continuing education at The Ohio State University, he completed his master's in career and workforce development and is now a PhD candidate in educational instructional technology. As a side note, I also serve on Brad's advisory board for ETL. Brad, welcome to the show. Welcome. First, let's talk definitions. Uh, what are the distinctions among virtual reality, augmented reality, and artificial intelligence? Um, all right. So augmented reality is uh, the augmentation within uh, real-world spaces. So when you're viewing technology, you're actually inter integrated in uh, working within your environments. So things become viewable. And when we talk about virtual reality, you're actually in an, in an enclosed environment. So it's, it's the technology that is controlling uh, your, your viewing experience. So if you think about watching television in an enclosed environment or like a, a movie theater would be a, a really good way of describing virtual reality. Um, artificial intelligence is really the... Uh, the uh, utilization of, of technology uh, to mimic real-world types of activities and actions. And just to add one more layer of complexity, there's now something called mixed reality, which is a blend of all of the uh, technologies into a very robust, integrated uh, environment. All right. So what are the benefits of augmented reality training that resulted in this being the focus of your company? So augmented reality was pretty significant to me early on um, because one of the areas that I've always been heavily focused in on is the real-world interaction of individuals with their environment. Virtual reality being a, a standalone did not uh, have much appeal to me uh, because I've always been concerned about the human uh, to computer experience and real world activities and actions. So I've uh, always stayed heavily focused on that particular area, which uh, that was a really good call on my part about 10 years ago. So the way that this has uh, transpired over the years is with wearable technology, we now have the ability to be able to interact and engage in real time and allow individuals to interact uh, with devices, uh, their environment, with robotics. Analysts from IDC indicate that uh, AR expedites knowledge capture and more efficient employee training now that uh, we have a, a number of manufacturers losing that institutional knowledge of their most experienced workers as they retire. Uh, how can AR be used to counter that silver tsunami? Well, and that's a really, that's a really good description. 
So as, as individuals are using the technology, we can capture and record that information, analyze it, and then we cross-correlate all of that data with uh, step-by-step procedures. So by recording all of that information, it allows us a historical record that we could then analyze that data to, to uh, provide more formative types of explicit feedback. Um, this increases opportunities for safety. We can also identify deficiencies, but then some of the emerging uh, technologies with the inclusion of artificial intelligence also allow us to be able to analyze a worker's performance. Um, so if uh, you're, yourself, if there's a machine that you may not have worked on in five years, uh, we can provide you the contextual information so that you no longer have to have that information memorized, but you can simply recall the information by recognizing the objects and get the information in real time so that you can perform those tasks. Uh, what are To get into details, what are some examples of that mixed reality, augmented reality, the deep learning solutions that you have developed for companies? One of the uh, technologies that we've developed is the ability to use vision services integrated with an augmented reality uh, interface to recognize parts on a uh, robot. And by being able to recognize those specific uh, parts, we could then isolate uh, any particular type of uh, instruction, maintenance records. Um, we can record all of those actions. We can provide training in real time. Um, or if uh, an individual has to record information uh, about a, uh, an event on something that may not be operating properly, we can record and capture all that information. We can also share that information across uh, multiple devices in real time so that we can have uh, uh, several individuals interacting and engaging. In fact, one of the interesting things that we did as well with uh, Mitsubishi, they had a uh, uh, PLC controller and so uh, with a, some software application. So we went in, we modified that application that allowed up to five individuals to be able to work on that PLC controller and then use the uh, wearable device to be able to control that PLC controller from anywhere within the plant. That's exciting. How do uh, these solutions uh, overall increase um, productivity? Ah, uh, yeah, that's actually where the uh, technology in itself excels. Um, by allowing individuals to be able to access the information in real time, you no longer have to have things uh, in, uh, in your long-term memory to be able to recall to know how to perform specific types of actions. So you can actually call up the instructions in real time, and we can provide multiple methods for the individual to be able to uh, explore the instructions and get and get the information that they need to perform those specific tasks. So the level of expertise required in many instances, uh, we actually lower that threshold uh, by providing the information in real time as well as allowing people to collaborate. So again, with the opportunities, not just for safety, but for productivity, uh, we can also record the interactions to make sure that things are being done uh, properly. But then one of the most exciting things that uh, uh, I find that we've been working with is we're also opening up 
the avenues for people with disabilities um, to uh, enter uh, and complete tasks in the workforce that they may not have ac had access to. In addition, with the aging workforce, um, we're providing additional uh, methods that allow the individual um, things to like zoom in to be able to pull up bits of information so that you can actually see things uh, and, and articulate the uh, bits of information in a in much greater detail. So, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore, so my site's going, so I'm kind of excited that uh, it's gonna give me a additional time to uh, continue these type of tasks. What are some other across-the-board skills that can be taught in this environment? You know, I, I know some educators I work with, they're concerned about how do you teach soft skills? So it's, this is one of the interesting things, that, and where this really got me started was how do we bridge the gap between uh, educating the uh, emerging workforce as well as the existing workforce? And how do we expedite that? Uh, and then how do we translate all that information into the actual uh, manufacturing facilities themselves? So by being able to take information from sources of training materials, maintenance records, maintenance manuals, we can take and we can digest all that information. When we analyze all that information, and then we can feed that information back to the user. And then using a specific set of algorithms, uh, we could then uh, identify the actual performance of the uh, user. So if, if you start performing a specific task and you're not performing at a uh, specific threshold, we could then uh, push refresh training to you as an individual. So, and one of my edicts has always been that the uh, technology should always enhance the user's uh, performance and capability, not and and not work against the user. So, uh, you know, providing those those bits of information uh, really become an assistive technology. So we really become supportive. We also reduce the amount of uh, required classroom time um, because we can move the individual from from uh, textbook types of learning situations into real world scenarios where they can perform the activities and actions in real time. So, you know, having the assistive uh, uh, technologies uh, is a huge asset to the, uh, to the workers in the workplace. So they could practice scenarios in which they are uh, communicating with uh, diverse team members. Yeah, you learn while doing. All right. Uh, what are companies' typical pain points in getting started with augmented reality training? Uh, companies are still being really slow to adopt augmented reality and wearable devices. Uh, you know, there are a lot of security issues, but more so than anything right now, it's just infrastructure. And one of the things that my uh, company has been very adamant about is is the way that we developed our technology. It's It was integrated so that... Uh, we reduce the overall pain points because we integrate our technology within the infrastructure. So we don't come in and tell you that uh, here's the technology and here's how you're going to integrate it. So instead, we come in and we work with the companies so that so that we become a, a seamless part of the overall experience. Um, this is not the methodology in, in my vast experience that most companies and most technologies that I've, I've seen that people are trying to push into industry. And I, I, it's, 
it's it's creating for um, some really interesting um, hiccups. So you know, sometimes when a company gets a bad experience, uh, you know, with a specific vendor, um, you know, you're you, you get a little apprehensive about uh, you know moving forward. So we want to reduce that that tension and and make it as easy as possible. However, with that earlier experience, aren't they usually dealing with a plug and play solution? Uh, no, in fact, that's 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 specifically what our technology does. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with with older vendors, it's like a brick and mortar store. You know, you you know what you know, and you've you know done these things for many years. And you know, rewriting your technology is is expensive, and it's also tricky. And we're not burdened with, uh, you know, having technology that's been sitting on the shelves for 10, 15, 20 years. What are some concrete steps that employers can take as they venture into this uncharted territory? Uh, slow and steady. <laughs> Which you means al- you always want to have a uh, very controlled rollout. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see is that uh, the research and development uh, portions of, of companies uh, do a great job, but uh, very few things actually get outside of the R&D departments. So by starting off with something slow and methodical, uh, you end up, you know, you can make revisions, you can make changes, and you can uh, adapt in real time. Um, and, and for years, I, I've seen this when when companies get sold uh, on a specific technology and they think they're going to do an enterprise solution straight out of the gate. That's always a recipe for disaster. So um, I've always been about this. It's slow and steady wins the race. Um, you know, the turtle and hare uh, analogy is just as true today as it was 100 years ago. You would recommend starting with low-hanging fruit? Absolutely. All right. You received funding from Jobs Ohio to develop augmented reality training. Can you provide any details about the outcomes of that project? Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're still in the uh, initial phases right now of propping up the uh, first project, but we are working with a couple of corporate uh, uh, corporations and manufacturers in um, the Midwest or the uh, Mid Ohio right now. Uh, along with the Ohio State University. So we will be doing the uh, training at the Center for the Design and Manufacturing uh, Excellence uh, when we decide on specifically which skills that we're going to be training on. Uh, so that's where the uh, partnership with uh, manufacturing uh, come into play. So we will take all of uh, the information. Uh, we will digest, you know, just like I said earlier, uh, that uh, and my my goal is we want to turn these individuals around in less than two weeks to get them up and operational. And with the uh, facility at uh, CDME, it, it it allows for them to have the uh, hands-on uh, experience with the equipment before they actually go into the manufacturing facility themselves. And then the uh, technology will um, leave the CDME facility into the actual manufacturing facility. So it's not like you're just doing your training and you're off and running. We always want to make sure that that ongoing support uh, is continues the, through the life cycle of the uh, individual's employment. Does that ultimately cl- include uh, train the trainer component? Yes. In fact, in, in over time, eventually the tra- this will replace train the trainer. 
because it will become the facilitator that will train the individuals on the uh, on the uh, uh, bits of information that they need to learn. Uh, what does the future look like for augmented reality workforce development and training? Uh, it, it's getting really interesting and really exciting. So. Uh, what we're going to see is the convergence of a series of technologies. So when you heard me uh, reference the term mixed reality, uh, we're going to see uh, more inclusion of uh, vision systems, uh, neural networks. Um, we're going to be able to assess information in real time and then being able to uh, use more uh, geospatial types of data in indoor facilities. Uh, will be, my estimate is in three years, uh, when you, everybody in uh, highly advanced manufacturing facilities will be using wearable technology and we'll be pushing the information to the individual before they even request it. So we'll know about the individual, what their expertise, what their skills are, and then we'll be able to expedite the overall types of uh, tasks that the individual will be able to do. I know that sounds somewhat, um, cyborg and, and scary, but when when you take it in, in context and you think about it, it being uh, assistive, um, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting um, in that regard. You know, it's just it, it really becomes um, an extension of, of, of uh, yourself in, in many ways. Well, right now it's happening to us all the time with our smartphones. Yes, and I actually want to, and I want one of the things I'm really pushing for is more human to uh, human interaction. Is there a place for traditional educational institutions in adopting these augmented reality technologies as they prepare new employees for the workforce? Absolutely. Um, you know, I got to tell you about you know five or six years ago. You know, one of my forethoughts was, you know, we're really looking at the, at the commoditization of education, and in some regards we are. However, with the uh, advanced changes that are, that are coming, educational really becomes the uh, cornerstone that's going to advance all of these technologies. Because without having the subject matter experts and the theoretical models to know how to implement them uh, appropriately, as well as having the uh, facilitators, um, it's going to be very difficult to advance all of this technology. So education is a critical core component. Um, it's it's just going to change um, education in in meaningful ways. Can you think of any K twelve or higher education institution that's uh, prepping themselves appropriately for this? Uh, yeah, we've actually started seeing that uh, with their organizations uh, such as uh, Libertext. Uh, they are they were awarded a five million dollar grant from the Ohio Department or no, I mean, from the uh, Department of Education. Uh, it's based out of the University of Southern California, and uh, they are working on open education resources. And one of the areas that they've had to focus on is career and technical education. And what they have managed to do was identify additional 20 uh, community colleges from around the country. And so they are building a uh, set of resources and making those resources available. 
In addition, there are other organizations like Code.org, which are working with K through 12, that offer up um, free resources that teach kids about how to code technology. In fact, my first experience was that when we first started implementing that in Ohio about six years ago, and we had first graders programming Angry Birds just based purely on logic. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most amazing experiences, and um, the kids picked up on it within uh, 10 to 15 minutes. You know, we just have, or I, I should say, uh, some of us uh, old dogs that have been around a while, there's this forethought that there has to be a formalized uh, method of training, especially when it comes to uh, the uh, coding. And one of the things that we've learned, uh, I sponsor a lot of projects in the College of Engineering at The Ohio State University, and many of the conversations I've had with the faculty, and this is my own experience as well, are the most proficient uh, coders are the ones that uh, have some of the lower grade point averages. So just because you test well doesn't mean that, that you can code well. In some regards, it's all about logic and your ability to be able to uh, apply those to real world scenarios. Interesting. What uh, do you see as the tipping point in building a critical mass for augmented reality? You were talking about uh, the companies are are slow to ad- adopt this. So uh, are you looking forward to a time where this is more of the status quo? Uh, I think 5G is one of the uh, main, main points because that will also allow for uh, – the the inclusion of these technologies like i said infrastructure is a big deal uh, a lot of times when i go into facilities you know you have to control how much information you can push because you can cause bottlenecks within a manufacturing facility so there's there's going to have to be a uh, big upgrade in, in infrastructure in general so i think once once we start to see that that really uh, get grounded we will see the adoption of more of these types of technologies and cost is also currently a factor as well. All right, Brad. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.